For the past 50 years, the most prominent archaeologists and historians have said that there is no evidence for the Exodus. In fact, they say that the archaeological record even opposes the biblical account. Well, today our guest on the show is Tim Mahoney. He has spent the last 12 years researching and studying this topic. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on the completion of your film and its success in the theaters. Um, I got to see it with my sister in a theater in Portland. We were so overwhelmed by all of the evidence that you supported for the Exodus. It was so encouraging. Well, Thank it you. was a big accomplishment, I felt, just to basically finish this film because, as, as, we, as you mentioned, it was 12 years in the making. But over those 12 years, uh, it really, it, I think it was a very valuable process for us to basically uh, take this much time to examine really what the story was. What was the problem? Why, couldn't, why, why were archaeologists saying there wasn't any evidence? And I could have stopped somewhere along the way, but our team just felt like, you know what, we can't stop. We have to just keep moving forward and trying to solve this problem. Okay, Tim, I got my Bible open to Exodus here. There's a lot of details, a lot of details. Moses, uh, you know, leading the people out, the burning bush, uh, plagues. I mean, there's so much detail in here. If this really did happen, surely we would see some archaeological evidence of it. What have you guys found? What's interesting is that what we did is we took this same approach. We said, well, what is the Bible actually saying? And, uh, and what ended up happening was the Bible says that early on there was a group of people uh, that were invited in. The first person actually was Joseph, the Bible says, that Joseph was sold as a slave. He went, uh, was, went to Egypt, uh, and then he uh, actually interpreted dreams. Uh, by God's help, and one of those dreams that he interpreted was for Pharaoh, and it talked about a famine that was coming, and that there would be seven years, the interpretation was that there was going to be seven years of plenty and seven years uh, of famine, and Joseph rose in the ranks of, uh, of Egypt's uh, kingdom and became a prime minister. This is what the Bible says. So one of the first questions that we raised was, is there any evidence of a character like this character of Joseph in Egyptian history? And, and I had to go to Egyptologists and other people who, who basically helped to, to help me through answering that question. Your section on Joseph was fascinating. Could you share some of the details that you had found there that line up with the story of Joseph and the 12 tombs and... Well, there's an uh, Egyptologist, David Roll, and he was the one who really saw this evidence. And what's fascinating is that David Roll is not a Christian. He's <laughs> agnostic. Yes. But what ended up happening was he didn't start looking for evidence of the Bible. He was actually looking for reasons why there was this dark period called the Third Intermediate Period in Egypt's history. It's very, very large uh, time space, uh, time period. Mm -hmm. And as he looked at that, he thought that there were some problems. And then he looked at other places in Egyptian history, and that's when he started to see that it was possible that Egyptian history was, was not accurately uh, laid out, uh, that, that, that it, had, it had been, it was longer, it had been um, uh, extended longer than it should have been. And so that meant that some of the things that maybe matched the stories of the Bible that he could see in earlier evidences were pushed back, and that's why no one connected it. 
so the, the idea of Joseph, for example, there is this character and there's this, um, this time period when it looks as if e Egypt went through a hardship. Uh, and he mm -hmm. identified this pharaoh who had his ears, you know, his ears were curved out like this. And Roll says that that was a very unusual look for a pharaoh. And his face was frowning. And normally pharaohs didn't look that way. And uh, uh, what ended up happening was, was that during this period of time, he also identified this, uh, this ruler that appeared, that he believes matches the character of Joseph. And what we're, we talked about, you talked about these tombs. There was a place where this house in the, the eastern part of Goshen, which was the eastern part of Delta, I should say. The Delta mm -hmm. is the Goshen. The Bible called it Goshen. Uh, the eastern part of the Nile Delta, uh, they started digging in that area, and they found that there was these Semitic-type dwellings, and there was the, one of the very first dwellings that was there matched the type of house that came from Haran, where J Jacob would have come from. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and so, so that house then was destroyed, and a palace was built over the top of it. And my understanding from David Roll was that this was the custom when the father died, then the, the leading son would take and build another structure over the top of that home. And that's where they found this Egyptian palace. And in the garden of that Egyptian palace were tombs. But one tomb was a pyramid tomb. And inside that tomb, they found what appears to be, uh, well, definitely is a Semitic ruler with red hair sweeping back and a uh, multicolored type coat. And... Uh, a staff that was over his shoulder, actually it was over probably this shoulder here, uh, and uh, of authority. And it all matches the same time period when, this, uh, when it appears that the Pharaoh was going through this hardship uh, time. And so there's many, many connections that, uh, that are in the film that we basically uh, were able to uncover. And there were other graves that were along around this house. Uh, this palace, which were about 11 main graves. So David Earl says, well, how many brothers did, did Joseph have? And it seemed to match the story. And there's even more to this palace, this house. Uh, one of them had to do with the fact that the, uh, there were chambers that were added later on, two other chambers that were additions to this house. And Joseph had two sons. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, once again, it, it fit the the idea, the pattern of the story. So then we basically started saying, well, what would be the next pattern? And the next pattern was enslavement. And so in the film, we look at six major patterns. The first one was arrival. The second one was, uh, well, actually, the next pattern is multiplication. Uh -huh. And then the third pattern is enslavement. And that's exactly what we see. This small group of people come, they expand, just as the Bible said, they multiplied to such a great degree that the Egyptians were threatened by them. Mm -hmm. And then they were enslaved. And that's what David Roll said happened and at, this, at this location. In fact, that's what uh, Manfred Bitek, the archaeologist who was there, was saying. And the records were, were telling you that. That story was matching exactly the story of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now, if you have not had a chance to see Exodus Patterns of Evidence yet, it is coming out on DVD. <laughs> I had, you got to go see it at the theater. I had a nine-year-old girl go see this movie. She came back and was ecstatic telling me all about the film, telling me how things lined up. So a nine-year-old got it. She uh -huh. knew exactly what you were trying to say. Okay, 
What about the people, though, that say, hang on, hang on, the whole idea of Exodus, that's just a story of meaning. That's not really a story of fact. This doesn't really have anything anything factual to do with it. I, I love, by the way, and I'm kind of spoiling it a little bit. In the film, you bring out some of the some of the showing how it's not fact, but address that real quick. Well, I I I think that uh, there are there are people in the film that basically say that these stories don't have to be true for them to not have uh, significance, and so part of that I think is posturing that that people have said, you know, if we can't find any real historical evidence that these stories happen, I mean, are you trying to say that, that there were plagues or that the, the, the Nile turned to blood and all these miraculous things? It's hard for a modern-minded person to actually, you know, take that story for today. And they're saying, so it doesn't have to be true for it to have significance or meaning. And uh, so I haven't... Uh, all I've been doing is basically showing that the Bible says that there was the river turned to blood. And we find an Egyptian document that basically echoes that the river turned to blood. The Bible says that, that Moses took water and poured it. And this document says that the strong man poured water and <laughs> took captive, uh, you know, took captive, uh, I think, the, you know, the kingdom. And so there's all these references that match that story, that slaves now are going around with jewels, with, uh, uh, the, they even named the type of emeralds that they were, gold and lapis lazuli and different types of things. And the Bible says that this is the types of jewels that the, the, the uh, servants were given. And some Egyptologists said, well, this can't be. Why would slave people have jewels and this, and, and the rich men now become poor? It's, that's exactly the transitional point that said that they gave them all their wealth. Yeah. The Egyptians gave them the wealth and told them to leave, you know, and they were like, go, go, take this. And wow. so those kinds of things were very interesting yes. to me that there was historical documents. And one of the reasons why people have ignored them is because they're much earlier in time. And that's the reason why we go back to this gap that David Roll and others like John Vimson uh, have been looking at. And John Bimson is in England. He also looked at that. Well, hey, do this. Would you? St we're out of time right now. Would you stick around and do an extended interview and talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. We'll be back right after this. Do you find yourself jumping from site to site or wading through thousands of search results to find answers about God's Word and His creation? Well, no more. SearchCreation.org brings the top creation and apologetic websites together into one search engine while ignoring the thousands of sites that push lies and half-truths. So if you have questions about molecular chemistry, deep space, dinosaurs, or how to defend your faith in a godless world, visit us at SearchCreation.org. Creation Today is excited about our ever-growing collection of digital downloads. We have everything from books to DVDs to even PowerPoint presentations, all to equip you to learn and share the truth of our Creator. Why wait? Start strengthening your faith today with our all-new digital downloads. Available at the Creation Store, creationstore.org. Well, in the film, uh, what ends up happening is that there are pieces of evidence that, let's just go back to Egyptology in, in general, there has been debate over, you know, when things happen in history. And people, the very beginning of, of Egyptology, 
from what I have been told by Egyptologists, they used the Bible. The Bible was actually used in the early part of Egyptian chronology to date Egyptian chronology because uh, Champollion, uh, who cracked the Rosetta Stone, where, where it had Greek and two forms of Egyptian hieroglyphs, he cracked that and he went to Egypt and he was reading the walls and he was new at reading Egyptian hieroglyphs. And he is the one who basically saw a synchronism and he saw that synchronism. In fact, this is for the next, for a future film that we've already filmed this material. But I'm giving you a little heads up. Yes. Nice. Thank he you. saw he saw this and he saw two names: Shishak of the Bible and Shoshank of Egypt. And he thought maybe these two are the same. And he put them together, you know, because of the because of the routes that they took. The book, the book that we have coming out, Patterns of Sexes is coming out in the, in April here will explain a little bit more of this. But what would ha what ended up happening was was that he uh, later on people realized that these two were not the same. But that idea of the synchronization of time sort of stuck with that. And and so from that point on there was sort of a reference that everyone started filling in around. And so the Bible initially this is what David Roll would say, and he's an agnostic by the way, as I've mentioned. Mm -hmm would say that the Bible initially was used to date Egyptian history. And then later on, Egyptian history was used to deny the historical truth of the Bible. Wow. Because it doesn't fit the, doesn't fit the sequence. They can't find evidence where they believe it's supposed to be. And, and so the, what the film has done is, I think, that it's more of a breakthrough, is it says, what are the patterns? What are the patterns that you'd look for? And where would you, if the Bible says this and you're looking for patterns, where would you look for those patterns in history? And so that's basically then how it says, let's go back to the beginning and let's go and look at this a second time. And so when you talked about the chronology, uh, this film just sort of introduces the idea that there are questions because Egypt's history dates all the other Mediterranean mm -hmm. nations. All those other nations have to correspond with Egypt, because Egypt is has the best museum for for saving artifacts. So uh, scarabs and and different types of things would be sent out throughout the Mediterranean. This is this is my Mediterranean Sea. Here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I and, see it. I see it. Uh, Egypt is down here, and it would send things to Israel and off to Italy. You know, to all these different Greece and Italy. So all those nations had Egyptian artifacts. And that's and they were buried at the right level. So if they're buried at a level, you know, the same level as something, then they would kind of date that culture or that time. So what I haven't gotten the first film just introduces the idea of how the dating was. And it also shows that there's a pattern of evidence for the Bible that's earlier in time than what people would think that it would be. And then it raises the question, well why? Why is that? What happened? And uh, so that's basically, by the way, uh, there is so much buried that people haven't even uncovered yet. They've only uncovered just a tiny little bit of it. Mm -hmm. So to be adamant about how the history is really laid out um, is, I think, you know, I, I don't know how adamant you can be. It's kind of uh, a premature think, conclusion, huh? Yeah. So the so the issue though is that everybody else has been given 
a standardized histo history timeline. And everything then ha must fit into that. And the question that I had to raise as a filmmaker was, were we willing to challenge that idea and to say that, well, how do we know that this timeline is, is absolutely secure? Yeah. And, and if, and, but the challenge is, is that if people believe in that timeline and they're looking for something here and it's not there, mm -hmm. well, is it the fact that the story of the Bible is false? Or is it that the timeline is, is, is there's presumptions about the timeline and are those presumptions correct? So that's, that's basically why the film then, I think, has been interesting for people is because it finds six major patterns of evidence for six major events. The arrival, the multiplication, the enslavement, the exodus, or I'm sorry, the judgment, the exodus, and the conquest of the promised land. So those six major events are what we're looking for, and they're earlier in time uh, of Egypt. But, so they're separated from the Bible in Egypt. But then we explain, well, what's the problem? And that's basically what Patterns of Evidence is uncovering. And I'm not being adamant. I'm just saying, hey, this is what I've learned and found. And I think that the audience then can say, all right, that makes sense, or uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of people who don't agree with that, I mean, it does seem like the evidence is pretty clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems very clear. But then you have these experts contradicting what seems to be a very clear biblical account. Um, what do they do with this? I mean, how? What is their their reasoning? I mean, why? <laughs> yeah, why? Why can't they see that this is this is a pretty good record here? And if they just shifted the dates, I, I have. I I need to continue to have these discussions. I think mm -hmm. that it's hard to change. If you've believed your entire life that this is supposed to be one way, um, what's the good reason for it to change? And I think that uh, there's a lot that's been invested by people. They have really have built uh, their whole careers on, on something being here. And they've written books about it and everything. So if, if we're saying that it's over here, what does that do? You know, what does that do with history? Uh, and we're talking about several hundred years shifting. Um, and some, so for the most part, people would say, this is ridiculous. Uh, this can't happen. But then if you're kind of coming from the outside and you look at it and you go, what's the problem with that? <laughs> yeah. It's I so mean, obvious. I mean, uh, we're talking about a, maybe over 3,500 years, uh, uh, an 8% change. I mean, how, how accurate would we know? You know what I'm getting at here? Yeah. It's not, it's not that big of a shift when you really think about it. Right. It's a... It's a five to you know eight percent or six percent, whatever you know. And there's different things. And I'm I'm not saying that it's easy to figure out those those ideas, but there there is some substance to looking at it, because the other side of it is, is that if you, uh, all I'm saying is there is a reason why the evidence is back here, and otherwise what you have is that, that the Bible is false. Right. Well, and that's, I was just about to bring this up. Okay, 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 1, what do you do with this? And it came to pass in the, in, to pass in the 480th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt. Uh, it talks about Solomon building his temple. What, how does that fit into what you've learned? Well, part of that has to do with 
the biblical timeline. In the wall of, we've created a device which is quite beautiful. It's called the wall of time. Yeah. And the wall of time has as uh, a lower level. Uh, it's kind of like the wall of China. We create wall of China. In other words, this long wall with pillars, and the pillars represent a thousand years. Yeah. And so the lower part of the wall is Egypt's timeline. The middle part is the Bible timeline, and then there's a third part up on top which represented Canaan. Uh, or Palestine, that timeline of that country, those countries that were there. And so um, the Bible timeline shows that there, at a particular time the temple existed, was built, and it was 480 years earlier that the Exodus you know, happened. Mm -hmm. So that's where they get the date for the Exodus. And if that's the, particular, that's the case, then that's a reference historically for a Bible um, Biblical access, and most of the conservative scholars see that date as being the date. Whereas uh, other people look at the Bible says that Ramesses, mm -hmm. uh, that they're building the store cities of Ramesses in Pitam, and that's at 1250. So that's another date. So some people say, no, it's 1450 because of the temple coming back, and other people say, no, the Bible says it was during Ramesses, so it has to be over here, mm -hmm. 1250. And so that is uh, the, the question. And the challenge is, is when people look at this time of Ramesses and they dig down into Egypt's history, they don't find the evidence that they believe should be there. Mm -hmm. and, and then that's where the story starts to say, well, this isn't necessarily true, or it doesn't have to be true to be significant, or um, the Bible's a myth. Mm -hmm. Wow. But if it happened earlier... And what we're saying is that some of this evidence is even earlier than that, and, and that's what the film un, unfolds. Mm -hmm. just, that's what I, as a filmmaker, who went out there and heard that this wasn't true and said, wow, you mean this, these things didn't really happen? I, I didn't know about that. And, and then the more I learned about it, the worse it got. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, okay, six patterns. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. That I know you're not being, you're saying, hey, I'm not being too dogmatic. I just presenting some evidence. When I watch this movie, and by the way, phenomenal job putting 12 years of research into a film. That was amazing. When I watch this, I go, look, I already have the Bible as my foundation. This is yet another, this, this isn't just yet another, this is a huge, huge confirmation to what God's Word has already said. And so I, I think what, what God has let you put together is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, and you have a good testimony too in that, you know, your faith was challenged there. Yeah. And then but you just kept digging to seek truth and find out how it was unfolding and here you have this amazing film that supports the biblical record and in spite of all those claims that challenged what you thought was true and Yes, yeah, so, hey, let's do this. Wrap up with where is your faith now? <laughs> well, I think that um, you know, I'm I'm sort of taking this journey for lots of people. People that are people of faith as well as people who are people who don't believe, agnostics and atheists. So part of what I've done is I've been quiet about some of this because I'm still taking people along with me on the next film, by the way. Yeah. We are on a journey now to go look for Mount Sinai and the crossing. So we're coming out right now. Uh, we're working on it. In fact, um, I'm in the scripting stages. We've done a lot of f footage. You know, those 12 years where we're spent uh, filming and gathering all sorts of additional material. So we have enough for several more films on patterns of evidence in the can. And we're just uh, upgrading that. 
So, so part, part of my journey now is to take people to raise the question, well, if this next one will be called Patterns of Evidence Moses. And it's going to be about how, what happened at Mount Sinai. It had such impact. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with these, these tablets and he presented them, that our, our founding fathers in America recognized this. They recognized a number of things, and in Europe they recognized these laws. And it became the foundation for Western civilization. Well, did that really happen? Wow. It's a myth. And so I'm going to take and uh, uh, explore that, those big ideas that have impacted uh, our, our, our country and our nation uh, and our, uh, these other nations in Western civilization, and, and look at it and, and uh, ask those questions. Well, if it happened, is there any evidence? And where did that actually happen? And what about the sea party and miracles? And so that's what Moses, Patterns of Evidence, Moses is going to look at next. And, and then we'll continue, you know, this saga of searching out these, these, um, these ideas, these stories, and say, has God acted in history? You know, is there evidence for any of this? And yes, there is. Well, Sam, thank you so much for hanging out with, with us for a few and sharing some of these stories. Yes. I guess now that I've seen Exodus Patterns of Evidence, all I can say is, hurry up, get the next one done. I'm ready to see it. Thanks for giving us a sample of what the next one is so we can look forward to that. Yeah, well, thank you. We're, we're, we're really excited about, uh, about all this, and we're excited to share it with you. And thanks for your interest. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, in the next uh, check with our website, PatternsofEvidence.com. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of products that we're coming out with, a couple of books this uh, in April. And uh, uh, we've got, you know, good things happening. So, hey, And yeah. also we have movie church events uh, or, yeah. or any kind of college or anything. We're just developing that now. So if you would like to have Patterns of Evidence at your church or at your uh, school, we, uh, university, we can uh, provide you with a site license and uh, an opening uh, part of the show with an intermission, and afterwards you can have your own Q and A. It can be a fantastic uh, uh, outreach event for for people just to come together and discuss these things. Wow! Well, that's what it's all about. Tim, thank you so much, sir. We appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs>